Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone, wanted to hop on real quick and let you all know that for the first time ever, we are doing a one-hour fasting masterclass. It is a free masterclass. We want you to be there on Monday, March 20th at 11 a.m. Central. We have a dedicated Zoom link. We're going to be streaming it into our private Facebook community. And we are excited because in just one hour, you'll walk away knowing the two most imperative steps often overlooked to get the scale moving consistently while creating your fasting lifestyle. We're going to reduce the stress of counting calories and working out just to be able to earn the foods that you enjoy. We're going to uncover some myths about the science of fasting and hormones and metabolism. And most importantly, how to embrace your real goals that excite us daily to continue to fast and continue to lose the weight. Most importantly, we want you to be there with us to learn how to create this fasting lifestyle once and for all. So on Monday, March 20th, 11 a.m. Central, come join us. The link is in the show notes. It's masterclass.thefastingforlife.com forward slash registration. Head to the show notes, click the link. We'll see you on the inside. And now to today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Water, and I'm here as always. I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's convo. We're going to be talking big picture today about our relationship with food and how Ooh. fasting can drastically improve that. Because most of us, myself included, did not get into the situation of re-losing the weight or needing to lose the weight or fix the blood work or whatever, decrease the chance of, you know, becoming a non-pre-diabetic, right? Whatever that is, we didn't get here by having a healthy relationship with food in most cases. So Mm. we're going to have a fun conversation around the association between frequency of eating away from home meals and the risk of all all cause and cause-specific mortality related to diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular risk. So if you're new to the podcast, don't worry. We're going to give you some actionable things that you can take away today that you can put into your fasting lifestyle. One or two things that you can literally stop listening and go do today to further your weight loss and your health goals, as well as adapting that fasting lifestyle. You want a little bit more about Tommy and I and how fasting has transformed our lives. Feel free to head back, listen to episode one. We keep it brief, but you'll get a clear picture on why we started this so many episodes ago and why we're going to continue to dive into weight loss, health, and fasting as the solution. So, Tommy, big picture, I mentioned it. A lot of us got into a situation where we needed to lose weight or become a little bit more concerned with our health by having some form of relationship with the foods that we eat, the foods that we Mm. love the foods that we default to and our habits and our patterns around that relationship. And a lot of it can stem from eating out, which was part of my story and the frequency of eating out. 
And we know that that increases the risk and mm. the difficulty level, especially when you're trying to adapt a fasting lifestyle. Yeah. And even if you didn't have the weight to lose, but if you were concerned about like the family history, you know, right. like what, what might be looming around the corner and things like that, it could be like in the pre or in the pre pre stages, but you know, either way, when we, when we get a better grasp on, on what we're doing, how we're fasting, what we're eating, the food quality and what it's doing inside of us physiologically to our blood sugar, our insulin spikes and things like that. When we, we start to feel like we have a higher level of control over those things. It, it tends to lead us in a better direction for the long-term trajectory. And so I absolutely love that part. And this was absolutely part of my questions and, and figuring things out when I first started fasting was one of the problems was some of my relationships to food that I, I didn't even really realize were there until now looking back a few years, you know, in, in retrospect, and I can kind of see some of these things. So a little bit of perspective can go a long way to make fasting a lot easier and more sustainable quickly, you know, even in the beginning too. Yeah. For me, it was always a math equation, right? Okay. What are my calories? What's my deficit? Yes. How much am I burning yes. off? What fits my macros? When can I get my cheat meal in, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of the questions that we get a lot is, can I just eat what I want or what should I eat, right? Can I just eat what yep. I want because I'm, I'm fasting for so many hours? And the reality is in the short term, probably to some degree, mm -hmm. depending on your history and profile. But the reality is, is we try to have this all or nothing mentality, right? Dieting mentality. Yes. You want to fix everything at once. So you restrict and you omit and you get on track and your motivation's high. And then the first day that you deserve the happy hour or the date mm. night or the donut at the office, right? Friday night then pizza. The pizza, right? It things start mm. to to slip, right? And then okay, now you're kind of in that in between, guilt, shame, what do I do? I've got this desire for this food, I have this affinity for this food. And mm. the reality is is that this article kind of struck us and we're not going to go into the deep recesses and picking it apart, but big picture wise that frequent consumption of meals prepared away from the home is significantly associated with an increased risk of all-cause mortality. And those things include obesity and diabetes, as well as the biomarkers of other chronic conditions, which is the majority of what our healthcare system deals with on a day-to-day -day basis is those lifestyle-induced conditions. So a 100% increase from, am I, am I right there on the math? 17 to 34% increase. Is that That's a doubling, excuse me. Yeah. A doubling from 1977 to 2012 of food, of caloric energy intake, daily energy intake from food away from the home. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of nuances to, well, it's convenient, it's easier, I don't like sure. cooking. Could be cheaper. Um, could be cheaper, I don't have time, I'm a fasting freelancer, I'll just make the decision in the moment, my willpower will be strong enough sure. that I will make the right choice when I get to the mm. restaurant or to the fast food line or to the, I'm gonna tell a story about fast food lines here in a little bit. So two big starting points is, all right, well, the more frequently, I think the number was what, Tommy, 49%? Yeah, there was a 49% increase. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He's our third child. 
And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. 49% increase in the increased frequency of eating away from the home. The majority of your, the caloric intake, the increased percentage, right? From that 17 to 34% away from the home versus in home. 49% increase, increased risk of obesity, increased risk of diabetes. But that's just like, okay, great. Well, what does that really mean for me? Well, we started the conversation with, can I just eat what I want, right? And a lot of the times, the things we desire most are on the external, right? Mm, Yeah. And that's where some of the relationship with food comes from. When I'm setting my fasting timer, or maybe I'm not, either way, my thoughts going towards certain foods means that there is is something to a relationship there, right? But the, the most craveable, most desirable, the the foods that I would really spend most of my time thinking about were were not the ones that I was preparing at home. They were they were coming from outside of the home. And in I, most right? cases, like, it's not just me, yeah. right? No, no. Yeah. Am I alone here? Yeah. Anybody, yeah. Can anybody Anyone? raise Bueller? their hand? Bueller? Yeah, right. That wasn't the case. So but what can we take away from that is is the fact that we can start taking some of those foods and thinking about them a little bit differently. Right. Like, like if I can start to bring some of those in house, get a little bit better at preparing some of those, maybe experimenting with some food swaps and things like that, I can start to change my relationship with those foods. And then the physiological response becomes different as well every time I'm actually ingesting those. And 
it doesn't even have to be every time and it doesn't have to be all at once. But if, if I can think along those lines, then I can start making steady improvements and, and my next fast might be a little bit easier, might be a little easier to stick to my plan fast rather than being tempted in the moment by that certain, you know, that for me, it was always like the, the Friday night pizza that like right. derailed no, my, we're gonna my talk diet. About pizza in a minute. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Usually on Thursday or Friday, it would, de- right. it would derail. And then if I was lucky, I was back on track by, you know, come Monday. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So one of the things here is the frequent eating out, even though you're making probably better decisions, it can also be hindering your process when you're adapting a fasting lifestyle mm-hmm. because of how the foods are made and the opportunity that comes along with it. So this study was cool because it had 35,000 participants and it had 291,000 person years of follow-up. So wow. they followed these people from seven and a half years all the way up to set almost 17 years to get wow. some some really cool data. And yeah. they mentioned that the food prepared away from home contains, you know, more saturated fats, more palatable, you know, it's more processed a lot of times, right? Sure. The Applebee's yeah. chicken breast compared to the chicken <laughs> breast you buy at the store and bring home or compared right. to the chicken breast you raise and then eat, right? Completely yeah. different. Yes, it is still chicken. And then they also looked at the suboptimal dietary changes that come with it, right? So meaning, When you go to place an order on DoorDash or you go to pick up the food, it's a lot easier to say yes to the things you would normally say no to. True, yeah. Or if, let's say, you sit down and you're looking at the menu with all the colorful options on it and you're like, okay, well, yeah, this this looks good. I'm going to add that or I'm going to have that. So you've got that that more opportunity as well to, to put your willpower under yeah. some constraint, right? And and the the more the more easier it is to prepare and the more profitable it is, the the harder it's going to be pushed, right? Like like that's going to be that's going to be what I'm upsold on too, right? Yeah, of course, right? So there's there's research to show why they put the chips at the table, the tortilla chips and why they bring bread to the table and why they ask if you want a drink before you yeah. order appetizers, right? So <laughs> it's interesting that most of the desired foods when I was reflecting back on my journey as well. So I worked in the restaurant for years. Mm-hmm. So all my food came from restaurant industry food, right? It was, okay. I mean, cause I used to get free food when I was a manager, one, one meal a shift or mm-hmm. highly discounted food as a server, bartender, all that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, those are the foods that I think about the chicken parm dinners. Yeah. The cheesy ravioli dinners, right? The Philly steak, steak and cheese sandwich, oh, right? Yeah. The sides, you know, it's like, oh, what are my options for sides? Well, you got tots, you got sweet potato fries fries, homemade potato chips, and fruit. And the fruit cup would come out of like a big can from Cisco, right? And it would have like all the melons that nobody likes, like two grapes and a couple (laughs) pieces of pineapple, right? And you're like, okay, well, those are my options. Well, I might as well just get the fries, right? So, of course, yeah. And then, right? And then you mentioned pizza as well. So it's a big aha moment. If you're starting to fast, we'll talk about this in a minute, you have less opportunities to bring in food. So we Mm. definitely want to, over the long term, you don't need to make all the changes at night, at once, I should say. But starting to think a little bit differently that my next opportunity to eat is maybe the one meal a day opportunity I have, which means that should be a better, more nutritious type meal with more nutrient dense foods rather than some of these more hypercaloric, hyper palatable, more opportunity based. Let me add the dessert. Let me get this. Let me, you know, do the tots because the fruit sucks and I don't really have or maybe I'll get a small (laughs) salad, but then the dressing will have all this other stuff in it. Right. So, right. We're going to want to start thinking about this a little bit differently where our nutrition opportunities 
we can still enjoy the same food, but by bringing it home and swapping those recipes, not just the food itself, but recipe swaps, you can still mm. have a very full, dynamic, most desired yeah. food type of lifestyle or application, but you can bring them in-house and learn how to compartmentalize that, that food choice. Wow, I absolutely love that. And as I start to do that, you know what's also cool, that relationship with the previous version before the food swap starts to become a little less appealing over right. time. And each it does. time I bring, yeah. Not the first it's time, crazy. not no. the second time. <laughs> I still, when I go to Costco, maybe not the 15th time, but now that I'm right. in the hundredth time, all right, we got a family of three kids. You know, we we're always going to Costco because it's just yeah. just still live there. Costco. Yeah. <laughs> but the pizza, right, Tommy? Because you just oh, said my it. Goodness. It changes over time because now yeah. I can go through there and not get the nine ninety nine takeout pizza. Yeah. Or, or two dollars a slice. Or not buy the two dollars slice. The slice is the size of my head. Yeah. But here's the reality: is that those pizzas. You know, one slice at Costco is 700 calories, tons uh, of carbs, tons of fat. Sure. The pepperoni is actually last at 650. There's 60 pieces of pepperoni on one large pizza. You can take it home for 10 bucks <laughs> and it's 4,260 calories. Talk about efficient right there. I, I mean, can get some good caloric density in, in, yeah. in any, yeah. Calories the per reality dollar? Is, I mean, that's huge. That's a value. You, you can go to the frozen section. Let's talk about food away from home, right? You can go to the frozen section okay. and buy their gluten-free pizza, which is incredible. Their cheese pizza, it's like 1,100 calories for the whole pizza. Yeah. Or maybe you could make it at home and try fathead dough, which is three ingredients, super easy to make. I am not nice. great at baking. I can make it. it takes no time at all. Super simple. <laughs> or maybe you yeah. could do a chicken crust pizza, which again, super simple. And is incredible. Yes, it takes a little bit more time. It's not as sure. convenient, but you yeah. can still enjoy those foods and not feel like you are in a lifetime dieting mindset of oh, all the things I like, I can't have all the things right. I like, I no can't enjoy no pizza yeah. for me. Right. And then when you do go out, you enjoy those experiences over the hyper focused food. Like you're now focused on the experience more than you are just, what am I gonna get? I'm gonna get my favorite thing and keep feeding the machine. Yeah, wow. Going back to that Costco slice of pizza, I mean, that that could be seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours worth of fuel. I don't, High I don't remember, I don't remember ever having a piece of pizza like that and A, not wanting another piece. You never, and you never get one, you get one cheese and one pepperoni. Come on, let's not Right, lie. yeah. Yeah, that's how you do it. That that is how you do it. But then you're talking that could be 20 hours worth of fuel right there. You think I'm not going to be hungry for another 20 hours? You're out of your mind. Of course I'm going to be hungry. <laughs> for more pizza a few hours yeah. later. Right. Right? So we're not saying live in a, you know, isolate yourself and live in a box and don't eat out and don't enjoy your life. But sure. the article stimulated this thought process that if we're if we want to get momentum with a fasting lifestyle, we're going to have less nutrition opportunities. So we need to be making better nutrition choices in the long term, not mm -hmm. every single decision, right? Not every single choice. Yeah. No, and I know you have an eating out story you want to share as well. I follow Dr. Sean Baker, who is a carnivore. I think he's actually the creator of the carnivore diet. Yeah, I think so. And I don't remember the name of his book. It's probably like carnivore diet. I think it's or carnivore something. diet. Or something. Yeah. yeah. I haven't read it, but I follow him. And he actually showed how to eat carnivore at McDonald's. And I was kind of like shocked that, all right, this should be interesting. Is this like a spoof video? 
Is he going right. to be like, what's, what's going on here? And no, he just went through and he ordered, I just want this many patties. And he ordered, I think it was like seven or eight patties. I don't remember. It was like 16 or 17 bucks. He drove through. Wow. And he just ate the burger patties. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. <laughs> got my little, got my little CGM on my little Nutrisense. Yep. I'm like, cool. I'm going to do a little, a little, a little guinea pig test here. I yeah, want, how to go. I want one of my old loves, which was Burger King. Cause it was right next door to the restaurant that I used to work at. And uh, we used to get out late and they were open late and then yeah. Taco Bell fourth meal. But I was like, you know what? Can't do Taco Bell anymore. It's just, I can't do it. No <laughs> desire for it anymore. Fasting has changed my relationship with food. Right. And I went, I just got the quad, but just the patties, no sauce. Mm-hmm. Just, just the patties and the cheese. Yeah. And oh, I no. can't tell you the gastrointestinal distress <laughs> that took place. And never mind oh, that. No. It was great in the moment. I didn't get the bun. Yeah. I didn't get the fries. The ladies were looking at me. It was like, I don't know, nine bucks or something. I'm like, this is great. Right. My blood sugar was elevated for like almost 24 hours. Wow. That's crazy. I'm like, but all I had was the four pack. Now we had the day we're recording this. My mom is in mm-hmm. town and we had Costco grass fed frozen burgers, right? Okay. 8515, yeah. cooked them on the grill, right? Ice cube on the patty. You cook them three minutes on one side, two minutes on the other. You cheese them with the raw, sharp treader cheese and you're done. Mm-hmm. You let them melt for one minute, six, seven minutes on the grill. They're perfect. Light pink in the middle, grass fed, amazing. Nice. Making me hungry. I know, right? Sorry, guys. Fasting podcast. But <laughs> we didn't get here by having a healthy relationship with food. If you've got metabolic True. dysfunction, yeah. you've got blood sugar issues, you've got diabetes, you've got diabetes, you've got obesity, yeah. you've got you've got blood sugar problems, you've got labs that are off. You didn't get here by having a healthy, in most cases, a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. So you just giving you some insight like we yeah, into, into my yeah. dysfunction over the years. Never mind working sure. in restaurants for 14 years but always having that propensity to eat out, making healthy decisions, right? But you're still eating out. So I make these burgers and my wife's like, how many are you going to make? I'm like, well, you need one. Grandma needs one. The kids will split one and I'm going to make three extra. She's like, you're going to have three burgers? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought to myself, let me make a fourth. So I put the raw cheese, I made four Uh-oh. burgers and I ate them just like I did with the Burger King quad example. And drastically different feeling and drastically different blood sugar numbers, like 40 points less and came back down within a normal range within like, I think it was like, I don't remember when I looked, I could pull up the graph, but it was, it was, it was under two hours, which is a normal response. Yeah. There you go. That's incredible. How powerful is that feedback? Dang good. But guess what? Yeah. I had to cook them. So the convenience portion here yep, is something yep. that will change over time as well. And that convenience portion is huge, but also that that time, that time mismatch between those two different scenarios, you know? It's it's an investment of time, but then it it's also the fact that there is I have less calories that I brought in that I need to burn through and I have more time that I'm probably going to feel satiated for longer. So, yeah. Again, it's it's not needing to like fix everything or be a hundred percent perfect or fix it all at, at once, you know, but right. it's something that, that long-term looking, looking towards, towards this as, you know, starting to correct some of that balance or just bringing some of my meals in-house that currently are not in-house right. is going to mean more success for me and yep. more consistent progress and less frustration during my fasting times. Like 
period. Like th- this is this is pretty irrefutable. I, right. I don't know anybody who who has been through a successful fasting journey that would argue the opposite. And I'm not saying become a hermit, right? And never go out, right? I said this on the front end. My wife and I still have our date nights. You have your date night every week, right? Oh, yeah. So there's still the opportunity to eat out, but it's changed the way I think and feel about it. That Burger King Mm. experience ruined that day. The time I lost from the dietary, from the gastro changes, I could have greatly gotten back by just cooking it at home. Oh, man. But, you know, so it was like, it was an interesting experience. The one thing that really hits me too with this whole eating out thing is the planning component because I typically am a fasting freelancer at heart. Yeah. And we mentioned this episode a lot because there's there's three different fasting types that you typically have pat- habit patterns based in uh, oh, yeah. with your relationship with how you fast, the way you think about fasting, how you break your fast, et cetera. Uh, weekend warrior, fasting freelancer, and then the gratuitous grazer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know, go search, go listen to that episode. It's it's been one of our most listened to and most talked about episodes. Right. And it just came from thousands and thousands of conversations and thousands of challengers and people writing in emails and messages about, mm-hmm. you know, what we see with trying to adapt a fasting lifestyle. Yep. And for me, the freelancing, the planning when I'm eating out, I'm much less likely to make good decisions in the moment when I'm starving or the plan has changed or I'm trying to freelance my way through it rather than having, like you said, Tommy, a little bit of, you mentioned this when we were talking about how we're going to frame this out today to help, Mm -hmm. was putting a little bit of planning into your week and making sure that you have these scenarios planned out ahead of time. Because it's going to take that decision fatigue and that potential for me to be like, oh, I'll just say no to the dessert or I'll say no to the the, the craft beer, or I'll say no to the, you know, <laughs> the bread on the table when it's placed in front of me. Right. So yeah. or the tortilla whatever cakes. that is for you, whatever that temptation is, that little bit of planning can, can decrease that freelancing. But again, mm. it also, it takes repetition over time. You'll start to feel different about going out and eating out in the experience. And the last thing I want to mention is the cool thing from the study was the previous studies had shown that daily energy comes mostly from dinner rather than lunch for the U.S. population, where I know, you know, in other countries, it's different. In other cultures, it's different, where lunch is the big meal. Large lunch. Yeah, Yeah. right? Dinner for us, 45% of our daily intake comes from that dinner. So if you have been stuck in the OMAD dinner cycle, right, I'm going to encourage you to make some changes there or start to put some less meals out and bring some more meals in the home and try to see what that feels like with that OMAD dinner. But really just trying to figure out what's a sustainable plan or what works for you is gonna take some change. We don't want you to do the same thing every day in and day out because you will get bored with it, one, your body will adapt Mm -hmm. to, and at some point you're gonna look at it and go, yeah, this just isn't working and we don't want that for you. We want you to continue to adapt the fasting lifestyle to you as an individual so you can get long-term sustainable results. Very true. And if if your life revolves more around more eating out opportunities, then OMAD dinner can be a really easy way to- Transition, yeah. Yeah. But it can also be like a a double-edged sword too, where if if my only meal is is a lot of times eating out, then it's tending to be, you know, a higher insulin response, higher blood sugar yep. response, more calories, all, yep. all those kind of things. And it, it, I may not have enough time to burn through those calories going into my next OMAD, you know, meal tomorrow. Right. And, and that can be a very frustrating process. So like you said, bringing some of those in-house, I think is, is, is going to be, uh, 
game changer for a lot of people. Right, right. So where we started today was, you know, with this article that was showing more eating out leads to all-cause mortality, diabetes, obesity, cardiometabolic risk factors. Most mm. of us didn't end up in the situation where we have those things or concerns about those things or considerable weight to lose or relose by having healthy relationships with food and the convenience of the world that we live in. Heck, yeah. you can order anything you want from your little phone now and Uber will deliver it to you. Yep. DoorDash will deliver it to you and it can just Instacart will deliver it to you. So making sure that we are reframing this in a way that begins with the end in mind and that we don't need to fix it all at once. So start with some small changes. If you're looking for some more guidance, the blueprint to fasting for fat loss is where I'd refer to you next. It's our free resource. You can go to the website, thefastingforlife.com forward slash resources or thefastingforlife.com forward slash resources. You can click the link in the show notes. We'll zoom it over into your inbox. It's yours to keep. It's a free resource. It's a level up from the one meal a day fast start guide that we originally created back in the day because it has a lot more variability and personalization and customization to you mm. as an individual on your fasting journey. So, Tommy, as always, sir, enjoy the conversation. Yeah. Excited. If they want to join the conversation, then go to the Facebook community as well, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Do that. Join in on the conversation because getting some of these small pieces right can be the difference between you know, success versus frustration on your fasting lifestyle. So yep. uh, these are some cool, actionable ways to, to continue to level that up and excited to, to you know, hear how it's working for you. Yep. Head to the show notes, click the link, get the blueprint, click the link for the Facebook community. Love to see you on the inside. Get your question answered. Be in a like-minded community of fellow fasting lifestylers. Tommy, as yes. always, appreciate the conversation. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.